All right, so let's uh, get into the Word. Amen? I, I had my notes. Here they are, tucked here. I'm so efficient, I'm scaring myself. Uh, praise God. How many love the Word of God? And it just brings life to us, doesn't it? And uh, you know, one thing you, you can know, it's... It's better than this news is better than CNN and Fox and Bloomberg and whoever else, because uh, we know that this is not propaganda. <laughs> this has not been spun for political reasons. And it's it's uh, it's not there's nothing bad in it. There's no bad news in this book. Amen. It's the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. I'm going to preach a simple message tonight, but one that I've been preaching this for my entire ministry, but I wanted to share it with you here tonight. I don't know if I have exactly. I've mentioned it, but I wanted to. It was been on my heart for a, a little while, and uh, so I thought I'm going to preach that tonight. Amen. Uh, once you look at James, we're going to start in James uh, at James 1.17. Amen. And... Uh, Three things that never change. Now that's a pretty good message when you think about it, just right there. Because how many know that change in life, change in situations, and in circumstances is inevitable? So, you know, one thing you better get used to if you're going to have peace is that change is coming. Amen? And uh, you have to kind of change with it sometimes and be a little flexible. Sometimes we have to sort of reinvent ourselves, don't we? We have to adapt to what we're dealing with maybe now that we weren't dealing with previously, right? And anticipate the future. Uh, some changes that occur are good. And some of them we're not so happy about. But I'll tell you, it's funny how religion has attacked this concept, and it's in the Word, that three things that never change. And that's a good thing, because, you know, you need to anchor to something, don't you? You can't anchor to the government. You never know what it's going to do. You can't anchor to uh, friendships and so forth. Sometimes, have you ever had a friend for many years, and all of a sudden it just ended? You know, something happened, and, and you think, well, that, that's just shocking that that would be the, the case. So we we uh, we don't... We don't tie our boat, so to speak, to anything that's going to move. Uh, we want to make sure that it's that our anchor is secure, right? That our anchor is secure and that it holds. And and so the first thing here are three things that never change in the midst of change, in a life that is full of change, is God. Praise God. You can count on God. I think Don Burris wrote a song that they sang, you know, you can count on God. You can count on God. He will never change on you. Now, the funny thing is, is religion has preached that God is fickle. Religion has said, you never know what God's going to do. You never, One day he may bless you. The next day you don't know. You never know with God. He's just, you know, he can just do what he wants. And there's you can't t- predict him at all. Well, that is a lie from the pit of hell, because the Bible says that God is the same. Amen. 
So it says here in James 1.17, every good gift and every perfect gift is from above. If it's good and perfect, it's from God. You should give him praise and glory for it. I heard somebody say the other day, uh, I mean, like I directly heard them say this. And because of the circumstances, I didn't venture to correct it uh, because it would have caused a major disruption in the force. But anyway, <laughs> I heard somebody say, a Christian, say, I don't like it when people say when good things happen, it's the blessing of the Lord. It's not the blessing of the Lord. It's just good luck. A Christian said that. Yeah. Can you believe that? And I'm thinking that is the, that is really devilish to say that. And, um, they say, well, what about all the people that didn't get that blessing? And so it's just, re- it's a ridiculous concept. But again, it's what religion does to us is that it unseats our, uh, assurance. We just sang it. Blessed assurance. Well, we sing blessed assurance and then the, Preacher gets up and takes it away. <laughs> you don't, you don't know what's going to happen next, you know. So here's the thing with God. We know this. No matter what comes against us in life, no matter what the change is, the situation, the circumstance, etc., we know something. We've got one thing here. There's going to be three of them, but we've got one thing here that we can count on. See, so every good gift and every perfect gift is from above. If it's a good thing and it's perfect, it's from God. Give him praise, thank, give him thanksgiving, and give him the credit and the glory for it. Amen? Hallelujah. I thank God. If I get a decent cut of steak or something, I thank God for it. Amen? Because it's something that's good and a blessing. Hallelujah. And cometh down from where? The Father of lights, with whom is no variableness, neither shadow of turning. In fact, he doesn't turn enough to even cast a shadow to change his position. Once God's position is set, it's unchangeable. Amen. Praise the Lord. And, you know, sometimes you listen to some prayers that people pray, and you wonder if they have forgotten the scripture. Because they're praying to God as if he's changed his mind about healing or changed his mind. Well, you know, because, you know, Sister Ledbetter, you know, she's the one that's Ledbetter and everybody else. Sister Ledbetter didn't get a healing, so I don't know now what we believe. Well, you Yes, you do what you know what you believe. You believe the Bible. We don't, we don't base our faith on who didn't get something. We don't base our faith on who got healed and who didn't get healed. Who, who lived a long time or who died prematurely. We don't base our faith on that. We base our faith on the print on the page. <laughs> Amen. The ink on the page, like I say so many times. But this is anointed ink on anointed page. Because of the words that are there. It's not because they have holy ink in Grand Rapids, Michigan, where they print the Bibles. But it's because of the words that are being printed. Amen? Praise God. So, uh, let's put that up uh, on uh, the Amplified and, and see if we can uh, look at this. Uh, 
the Father of lights, the creator and sustainer of the heavens, amen, in whom there is no variation, no rising or setting, or shadow cast by his turning, for he is perfect already. How many know God's not on a self-improvement campaign? For he is perfect and he never changes. How many times does he change? Never. He never changes. So that means that once you discover the nature and character of God, you can count on it. If you go to the doctor and you get a negative uh, report, you don't have to wonder if it's God's will to heal you or not. You know that he has not changed since he sent Jesus to die on the cross and bear our sicknesses and carry our pains. Amen. That's never going to change. Isn't that beautiful? Isn't it good to know that God's got your back? God's got your back. I, you know, I often like to say this. God's not only got our back, He's got our front and our top and our bottom and all the way around. We are cocooned in His love. Amen. Uh, we are uh, equipped with His goodness. Preach, Pastor. So God will never change, so you don't have to approach Him like, what happened to our deal? Because he's not a liar. The Bible says he's not a liar. That he, he's not a, he's not a man that he should lie. Amen? And the Bible says who the liar is. You want a clue? His name starts with Satan and ends with Satan. That's who the liar is. He says he's the liar and the father of lies. Means he's the, he's the initiator of lies. Amen? So uh, it's not God that's lying to you. God, you lied to me. You promised this, and now you're not doing it. No, we never have to say that or think that, because God's not a liar. Glory. He never changes. Aren't you, aren't you glad we have unchangeable God? There's an old song that says, Hold to God's unchanging hand. Amen. You know, you can feel his hand in yours in the darkest night. At the darkest times, when it seems like all hope is gone and hope is gone and all possibilities are off. But praise God, you hold to his hand. He won't let go of you. You don't let go of him. Now, many times people do. I've seen, I've seen things happen through the years. You know, I've been preaching a long time, folks, and, uh, seen a lot of things. You can imagine all kind of scenarios. But I've seen some people, a tragedy happens in their life, and they press in towards God, which is what's supposed to happen. But I've seen others, that something happen, and they turn away from God. Blame God for it. Get away, and back away, and back off, and, 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 get, and get cold towards the Lord. But He's not your problem, folks. God's not your problem. He's your answer. He's your helper. A very present help. In time of need. A very present. He's on the scene. Amen. Where others rush out, he rushes in. And if you'll hold to his unchanging hand, and know he's not the problem, and know he's helping you, 
And he's not taken by surprise. Well, this was just a shock to our system. Yeah, but it's not a shock to his system. Amen. And we're partakers of his divine nature. And he's in us and we're in him. Can't preach this enough. And you need to preach it to yourself. And the devil will say, well, it's all down the tubes now. He loves to say stuff like that to us. Well, it's all over now. You know, your your joy ride has come to an end. But he's a liar. A liar, liar, pants on fire. First, though, the one in the fryer. Amen. And we're not talking about fryer tuck. We're talking about the South Georgia cast iron skillet fryer, praise God, that splatters grease all over the kitchen. Look at Hebrews 13.8. We're going to see the second thing. We wouldn't really call God and Jesus a thing, but these are concepts, things we need to remember about God and about Jesus. Jesus will never change. Ha ha! Hallelujah! Aren't you glad for that? If you've ever found him to be your savior, he always is. If you've ever found him to be your healer, he always is. If you've ever found him to be your provider and supplier, he always is. Amen. Because it says, Jesus Christ, the same, yesterday. Whatever he was in Bible days, that's what he still is. That would be yesterday. Today, he's still that. He's still healer, deliverer, miracle worker, way maker. <laughs> All those things like that song says. And tomorrow, because he's going to be the same forever that would include tomorrow. So I don't have to worry that he's helping me today, but I never know what he's going to, you never know what tomorrow's going to bring, you know. You know, like I said, Eeyore the donkey, you know, with the dark cloud, uh, always looking for things to go bad. No, praise God. Even if they do go bad, I've still got Jesus. And he never changes. Amen. Hallelujah. I don't know about you. I'm shouting myself happy tonight. Praise God. Preaching myself happy. Amen. And then... uh we're going to go eventually here to First Peter. But I want you to see that about Jesus, about being yesterday, today, and forever. Did you know that some places preach that Jesus is the same yesterday, not today, and forever? Because they'll say, well, he was certainly all the word says that he was in uh, the Bible, in Bible days. And he's going to be that in heaven, but not now. We're living in the, we're living in the twilight zone. And uh, he doesn't do those things. That ended with the last apostle. I used to illustrate, you know, can you see the sign for the last apostle that's living on the earth? You know, he's going and slipping into a coma. He's got his arm out to pray for whoever can get under it. And uh, a flashing sign, one of those kinds you used to rent, you know, flashing sign. Get your healing while it lasts. The last apostle is breathing. Oh, he just died. It's over till the millennium. Well, that's the way some churches preach. They're called secession, cessationists. In other words, it ended. It ceased to be. And so now we're living through modern life 
with a Jesus that does nothing. And I am telling you, that again is a doctrine of devils from the pit of hell that some theologian smoking crack in the basement of the library apparently came up with. Who's not saved because uh, I don't care how many letters he's got after his name. You understand that? Pray for me for boldness. But it's the truth. You know, anybody that says the Bible, the Bible's good, but it's not for us today, I don't know what to do with that. You know, there's a story of this little girl who came faithfully to church, you know, with her parents and everything. She was just a great little girl in church. She loved the word and preaching. She brought her Bible and marked it and everything. But one Sunday, the pastor was at the back door, you know, shaking hands and and uh, greeting the folks as they left, and they were complimenting his sermon, and she came up and said that was a really good sermon, and he said, okay, he said, but honey, he noticed that all she had to her Bible was the leather flaps, just the leather, you know, just the piece of leather that makes the, the binding, uh, the cover. And she he said, honey, you've dropped your Bible, so the glue has come undone, and the, the the stitching or something and and uh, you're you must have fallen in the church here somewhere you should look where you were sitting because your bible's missing out of the flaps and she said nope i i ripped the pages out and he gasped being a man of the cloth he gasped and he said honey held his heart why would you rip the pages the paper out of God's holy written word. And she says, well, I've been listening to you preach now for a year. And every time you say that's not for us now, I rip that page out. Figure why I have it. Trying to get something that works here. So after this Sunday morning, I'm throwing the flaps away too. I'm going to look for a book that works. Well, you know what? That is not too far-fetched. I'm telling you, every time that, you know, you, you, you read something in the Word, then, well, that's not for us now. That didn't work that way. That worked for them. That early church got all, the early church got all the goodies. There's nothing left, but you have to take a lump of coal in your stocking. Well, no wonder people don't want to go to church if that's what they think they're going to hear. How horrible. So, Jesus well, we should sing the song, Jesus was the answer. Not he is the answer. But thank God he's the same. Thank God that the Bible doesn't say he's the same yesterday and forever. It says he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Woo! Leg kicking time. All right, turn in your Bible. See where, where all these scriptures are really close together. 1 Peter 1.25 Praise the Lord. Actually, actually, let's start at 24. Well, let's start at 23. You know me, I'll back up all the way to Genesis if we don't watch it. Put that Chrysler Imperial in reverse with the push button. Shift changer. How many remember those? Anybody? Yeah. All right. Being born again, not of corruptible seed. Woo! 
Praise God, we've got a new father. Spiritually, we've got a new father that can, that, that has perfect DNA. It's not corruptible. By sin, by sickness, or a hole in the ozone. You scientists are all smoking something too, I'm telling you. I think they figured out how to make their own crack in the basement, you know. Being born again, not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible. Praise God. By the Word of God. Everybody say, Word of God. Now, here is our foundation. The Word of God, which liveth and abideth forever. You know what? I do not really care. People come and say, well, you know, this is what brother so-and-so says. This is what this denomination says. This is what, you know, Billy Bob the Magnificent says. I, I don't care unless it agrees with the word. You know what I mean? Well, in our group, we've always had the tradition of blah, blah, blah. Well, maybe it's a good tradition. Maybe it's bad. I don't know. But I can't stand on your tradition. I can only stand on the Word of God. Thank you, Jesus. I'm fired up. How long does the Word of God last? It not only lives, but it abides, which abide means lives with. In other words, it's staying there. Abides forever. If you will invite the Word of God into your life and let it live with you, it'll live there. You know what's cool about this? these verses? We're going to read two more. But you know what's good about these verses? If, here's what I like to say, if I can find it in the Word, it's mine forever. People talk about you gotta have a new Rhema Word every time. Well, it's, yeah, I believe in that concept. I, I get it that sometimes there's a specific, specific, specific scripture that meets your need at that time that speaks louder to you than it has before or that you've not really even seen it. How many know what I'm talking about, you know, and that comes to you and it's fresh. It's what we call a rhema word. It's alive at that moment. But did you know that that word, even though maybe your usefulness for that word at that critical moment might have uh, changed a bit, that word still ministers to you the rest of your life. And certain scriptures we stand on every day. Like, I'm the righteousness of God in Christ. Greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. No weapon formed against me will prosper. Those things. Amen? The incorruptible seed which lives and lives with you abides. That's the address of the Word of God is your heart. Forever. 
For all flesh is as grass, and all the glory of man as the flower of grass. The grass withereth, and the flower thereof falleth away. But, here's a good but in the Bible, but the word of the Lord endureth for 12 minutes, and then it goes bad, like potato salad. No, endureth forever. How long? How long? And this is the word which by the gospel is preached unto you. Oh, glory to God. Once again, just to reiterate, that means that if you can find it in the Bible, that's why I, you can see my Bible, Jerry Lee's repaired it a time or two, but my, I don't like, I, I have nicer, newer Bibles as far as quality, but I don't like to change Bibles because all my stuff's marked in here. I mean, I can go through and remark it, you know, it's just that it takes time. But you, you kind of get the feel of where a scripture sits on the page. How many know what I'm talking about? Like, like it's up there in the corner and that's where you want it to be. And then when you change to another Bible, it's three pages over from where it was. I don't know. But I take colored marker of uh, highlighters and highlight my scriptures and underline them and write in notes and write in maybe what another translation says about it or the definition of a Greek word or whatever. Why? Because it's my scripture. Amen. And uh, there's a piece of art that we have here on the property that's in uh, our office area. And it it says, you know, something about... If you're, you know, take all of, all of my world's goods, take everything I have away from me. I ask you to leave me one thing and that's the word of God. You know, because you can get it all back if you've got this. You, you, you understand? This is the valuable thing. You know, if your house was burning down and you had to rush in and get everything, you know, forget grandma's teacup, grab the Bible. Right? Well, Grandma's teacup means so much to me. Okay, get Grandma's teacup, but then get the Bible, <laughs> because this get the Word where your where your notes are and your stuff's marked, because this is what will will put you over. Amen. Can you say praise the Lord? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Let's lift our hands and thank God for the Word tonight. Thank God for the truth. And for the scripture. Hallelujah. So let me go over these things again, just real quick. Kind of a recap. The three things that never change. Again, number one is God. Because he doesn't change enough to even have a, a variableness. Amen. Number two is Jesus. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He never changes. He doesn't change. And he's not changed on you. And he hasn't in the night rescinded his decision. 
He doesn't send you a letter that says, unfortunately, we have to re- reverse our decision, blah, 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 blah. Like some attorney from, you know, the pit. Um, and then number three, of course, and really, number three should almost be number one, but you want to put the Father first, so I don't know. But anyway, God and His Word are the same. But finally, the Word of God never changes. Hallelujah. So what I would do, if I were you, if you haven't already done it, is, you know, maybe get yourself a little spiral notebook or something. doesn't have to be fancy. And just start writing down scriptures that are important to you and to your life. They're all important. But, you know, it's hard to memorize the whole Bible. Not that it can't be done. People have. But, you know, most people aren't. <laughs> or have the time to dedicate to that. And I'm not even sure that's necessary. Sometimes folks get all religious about that, you know. How many times they've read the Bible through, blah, blah, blah. You know, uh, I've read the Bible through, but, you know, that's not the point. The point is... Y- you, it would be better to live off of 10 scriptures that really speak to your heart and you gain something from it than like the whole. It's like having a cookbook. You know, very few people have cooked every recipe in the cookbook. Usually there's two or three that they like the best and they'll refer to that. And so because that, that nourishes them and that, you know, presses the buttons of salivates and everything. <laughs> right. You like enjoy that. So it's the same with the scripture, amen? Certain scriptures. If if I find myself in a situation where I'm having to really pray, you know, through some things, you follow me? I'll uh I'll I'll usually quote in, in my prayer, I will quote certain scriptures that are just real to me. And um and sometimes you, you that have heard me lead prayer, you, 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 you can hear those scriptures come through when I'm leading prayer. Amen. Praising God. Um, I want to show you one quick thing. We've got a couple of minutes left tonight. Look at Acts. I'll show you how to use this in prayer. And, uh, a lot of you that are here in the church, you've heard this before from me. But I want you to see how they, how they, um, would, would use some of this that we're talking about tonight in prayer. Uh, let's see, where are we going? Oh, it's, uh, uh, I'm sorry, Acts 4. Acts 4, remember they had been threatened, the early church had been threatened to, um, uh, you know, Peter and and uh, and John had been threatened to not preach and teach anymore in Jesus' name. And so I want you to see here um, their prayer after they had been threatened. And there was a miracle that the high priest and the Sanhedrin and the the Antichrist folks actually were against. And so... Um, Notice this, uh, verse 23, Acts 4.23, being let go, they went to their own company and reported all that the chief priests and elders had said unto them. 
And when they had heard that, they lifted up their voice to God with one accord and said, Lord, thou art God, which has made heaven and earth and the sea and all that in them is. Now, in just right there, again, you, you know the pattern here. They've, they, in this prayer, they establish God's authority. They establish Jesus' authority. And then after that is only when they turn and say, now, Lord, behold their threatenings. We tend to jump right into the subject when we pray with, uh, you know, oh, God, you know, there's a problem and you know the need and, you know, undertake and blah, blah, blah. I've often said if you're praying for healing, I wouldn't use a lot of the word undertake because that's a not, not a good word. Anyway, um, <laughs> Lord, undertake. No, no undertakers yet. We're still, you know. Um, but I want you to see that they didn't jump right into the prayer. They established God's authority. And you could do that with this lesson that I taught tonight is that you could go to prayer and you could say, Father God, you never change. Jesus, you never change. And here's what the Word says. Amen. That never changes. And pray off of that foundation like these folks there did. Amen. And see, then finally, they get down to verse 29. Lord, behold their threatenings. Grant unto thy servants that with all boldness they may speak thy word. Not some wild and woolly prophecy, you know, or something no one's ever heard before. <laughs> you know, we get weird sometimes, like wanting something way out there in la-la land, when if we would just stay rooted and grounded, there there is no higher word of prophecy than the Bible. Did you know that? The Bible says that even if an angel appears with a message, that's a lower level of prophecy than the written word of God. And so, you know, that would be spectacular, wouldn't it, if we an angel appeared and we all saw and heard, but uh and wonderful and we would really relish that. But the word of God is more um is, is a higher authority than even that. So then they said, first thing they mentioned is the word, and then verse 30, stretch forth thine hand to heal. And that signs and wonders may be done in the name of thy holy child, Jesus. Well, that was what caused the threat to start with. And they're asking for more of the same. They didn't pray for favor with the authorities. They didn't pray that the Lord would protect them from beatings. They prayed for boldness to speak out what they were told to never say. Kind of a different group, isn't it, than what we see today. When they had prayed, look what happened with their prayer. I believe our we can pray this in a way. When they prayed, the place was shaken, for they were assembled together. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost. And they spake, what? Strange, bizarre, weirdo prophecies. No, they spake the Word of God with boldness. Now, speaking the Word of God with boldness is one of the most powerful things you can do. I'm glad you're all excited about that. (laughs) Speaking the Word of God with boldness is one of the, is one of the most powerful things you can do. You you, you can't hardly beat it. So you go, well, you know, we, we, people get, feel like they're under attack by the devil and they, 
They love to, I rebuke you, I bind you, I, I stop you, I adjure you, I, you know, I reject you, <laughs> I curse you. Well, okay, but more powerful than all that, and getting upset, you want to hear a funny story? There was this man, very wealthy man, uh, in New York City that my, my mother especially was ministering to on the phone and so forth. And, uh, he was new to the things of God. And, 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 and he said, well, sometimes I just feel like I'm under attack by the devil himself. And my mother says, well, you need to curse him in Jesus name. So I, he called me one morning. And he says, I think I've got this cursing thing down pretty good. Now you tell a New Yorker to curse and you, you know, you're liable to hear some words. And, uh, so he said, uh, he said, uh, you're gonna, she said, he said, your mother told me to curse the devil. So then he proceeded to tell me, I called him, uh, and then he filled in the blank with a couple of names that sounded like a drunken sailor at a bar. And I thought, okay. And I said, well, that, that's true. He called him an SOB and, uh, uh, only it wasn't spelled out. You understand? And, uh, and, uh, and, uh, and something else that started with a B. And, uh, kind of sounds like mustard, but it's with a B. And, uh, I said, well, that's true. The devil is those things. But, that's not what Sister Jerry Horton, Church of God Pentecostal lady, meant. She meant, <laughs> you know, in the name of Jesus, I curse you, I rebuke you, I resist you. Anyway, he said, I think that's a hysterical story. I loved it because I thought, you know, it's just so innocent, but uh, nobody cares. All right. They spake. The word of God with boldness. Again, this, this word that never changes. Hallelujah. And that's what we need to do. And so I, I, I tell you, you just literally need to read the Bible to the devil. Again, laying in bed in the night, 3 a.m., can't sleep, all these thoughts, horrible things. Get up. If you can, turn on the night light or go to the other room if you're going to disturb someone and open your Bible and, and start speaking the word. Amen. Say, I declare in Jesus name, speak, so they spake the word with boldness. I declare in Jesus name that I'm the righteousness of God in Christ. I'm a new creature in Him. I'm a partaker of His divine nature. In me, sin is not imputed. It's not held against me. I stand righteous and holy before Him. I go boldly to the throne of grace that I may find grace to help in time of need. No weapon formed against me will prosper. Hallelujah. And and in fact, one translation says the weapon that would be, that would have the power to take you out has not been created, has never been created. That's how strong that scripture is. Isn't it beautiful? The devil doesn't even have the weapon to take you out. He doesn't even own it. He's a liar and a bluffer. He wants to make you think he's got it, but he doesn't. Hallelujah, because 
The Bible says that God is the is the uh, iron maker. He's the one the the smith that says he blows on the the blacksmith. He blows on the fire and and he makes the the things uh, the weapons of war. But it says that the weapon that has that would have the power to take you out has not been created yet. Amen. And I appreciate that the scripture says that. And then, you know, if, if it's sickness or pain you're dealing with, surely get up and say, I'm going to declare the word of God boldly over my body. This is, that's your body. The Lord gave it to you. It doesn't belong to the devil. He can't just come in there and push you around and put stuff on you and enforce it. And you have to stand up against it. Amen. Sometimes we have to be a little strong, folks. You know, meat doesn't mean weak. <laughs> right? And we have to say, listen, because what would you do if you had an intruder in the night? Came in and said, I'm going to steal all your stuff and knock you in the head. Well, he'd have, you know, you'd put up a resistance. You'd, you'd, you would defend your people, number one, and number two, your things. And that would be right and righteous and held up in court as self-defense. Well, that works the same in spiritual things. The devil has no place, no right. Uh, am I helping anybody tonight? He has no right to just charge in and do whatever, you know, he wants. So, um, sometimes we have to answer him. And we answer him with the word of God. Not with, again, I bind you, I rebuke you, I stop you, I whatever you, I adjure you, I whatever you. <laughs> okay, but that, that's a general idea, but, but it's better to have a weapon. And this is our two-edged sword. Actually, it's a super two-edged sword because it says the Word of God is sharper than any two-edged sword. It's sharp. We, we call it the two-edged sword. It's better than a two-edged sword. It's a super, <laughs> super-duper one, right? Deluxe model. One no one has ever seen. And I've got this word of God. This is my sword. And I've got the shield of faith. I mean, I'm believing. I'm believing what? I'm believing this word works. I'm believing this sword will do the job. And when the intruder comes in, I take this sword that's sharper than any two-edged sword, and I stick it <laughs> into the enemy. Amen. Until he is, what? Neutralized in that moment. Preach, pastor. And I take that, and if I have to, I twist it a little. Right? Make the hole bigger. Come on. We're talking about a, a crazed maniac that's a psychopath. And the word says, Jesus said, he's come to do one thing, kill three things. Kill him to do one thing, number one. All right, wait. He's come to do three things. To, to steal, steal, kill, and destroy. That's a psychopath. This is like Charles Manson. On steroids in your house, I'm telling you. And you have to take that two-edged, uh, that, that 
more than, let's, let's call it what the word says, not my Bible is a two-edged sword. It's sharper than any two-edged sword. Amen. And I'm going to take that super weapon and I'm going to stand there and quote the word to the devil until he leaves and leaves me alone. Amen. Well, I know that sometimes, you know, it's easy to get all fired up in church and out, run out the door. I'm going to go home and do this. It's something else that, you know, next Tuesday morning, like I said, at 3 a.m., I know that, I know that every person sitting here and some of you watching, I know that we've all been through our battles over the last two years, especially. There's been hell to fight. And, uh, and, you know, uh, in, in, with all kinds of issues. And, and we're overcomers. We've overcome. And as long as we draw breath on this planet, we will always be overcomers. Because we're living in Christ. Hallelujah. Well, that's enough preaching. I'm spot on on the time. I just want to inspire you tonight. Put some fire in, in your belly, so to speak. Don't lay there and just take it, folks. Don't take it. If the devil's gotten all up in your finances, take your checkbook at home and your some of your bills and stuff and lay them out and speak the word over that. Don't just sit there with a calculator and a pencil and, you know, the, the, the one of those visors like accountants used to wear. You know, I don't know how I'm going to ever make this work. How many times should you go over it? Math does not change either. You know, <laughs> brackets or brackets. Come on. There's no need to just pour over the problem. Do you understand the problem? Take and slap the Word of God on top of it. And don't just do it, don't just do it like that, but speak it out. Open, you know, open the Bible. You know, don't treat it like it's some kind of magic thing, but open the Bible and read the Word out loud. And say, I speak to these bills. I call my bills paid. I call my, uh, I call money in the bank like Brother Norval <laughs> yelling at that brack $34,000 in the hole in 1975 that was more money then than now. It's still bad. You know, right? Brackets are not, how many know brackets are not good? Red pencil and the ledger sheet. And he went and yelled at it. You're a liar, 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 you're a liar. You know. If somebody walked by the church and heard that, they'd think, they're having an auction in there. Selling off the pews or something. Praise God, though. You know what? I learned from Brother Norval. I was 17 years old watching him do that. And 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 I thought, wow, he's he would drive up to an office and He'd, it was empty. He was in real estate, you know, and have to lease it out. Nobody wanted to lease it. And he would point at it and say, I command you to be filled in Jesus' name. I mean, you know, just speak to stuff. Amen. Start talking to your bills. Start talking to your doctor's report. Start talking to your blood worksheet that says you're screwed. Talk to everything. And speak the word of God over it. Amen. And watch it change. 
Get some walk like a person with authority. Doesn't mean arrogant or cocky, but it means assured. Amen. I'm okay. Because God's on my side. The Word's in me. The Holy Ghost is in me. Jesus is in me. Amen. And if there's any demons hiding, you need to get out because we're spraying for typhoid in here. Amen. (laughs) Can you say praise the Lord? All right, let's lift our hands and thank God. Thank Him for the Word. Thank Him for inspiration. Thank Him for faith. Thank you, Lord, that you are these things we preach tonight. You never change. Oh, Father God, what a great God you are. What a great Father you are. And we lift up your name above every name. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, God bless you. You may be dismissed.